All right, I think we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday. Uh, Valeria is toxic. I'm masculine. Together we are toxic masculinity. Or did I get that backwards? I don't know. Um, sadly, <clears throat> my beautiful wife is stuck at work today, so she will not be joining us. It's just you and me. Mark in Alberta, Salty J, JD Coke, Downstream. You guys, you are, you are always here watching the show, and I love it. I can't, I, it's just, I, 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 I so appreciate you. I'm so flattered. I, I absolutely love it. I, we're going to have to do something awesome for you guys at some point. I don't know what, but we'll figure it out. Okay, so um, I think we have about 14 viewers, 13, somebody left. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but let's get right into the news because I don't have any minor chit-chat to do with the wife. She's not here. This is going to be a lot harder, I'll tell you that. But we have some amazing news. This is pretty fantastic. Uh, let's see here. So news, news article number one. Let me go ahead and switch here. You guys are going to find this pretty fantastic. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't. I've got the thing. Again, as we like to say on the show, the least professional show on, t on YouTube. So let's see here. Milo Yiannopoulos says he's ex-gay wants to rehabilitate through conversion therapy. Milo Yiannopoulos is no longer gay. He's a straight man, or he wants to be straight anyway. Um, now, Milo Yiannopoulos is known really for being very provocative, saying provocative things, doing provocative things, looking up provocative. Uh, this is from New York Post, by the way. Um, let's, but let's read some of this and see what he has to say here. Right-wing provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos has come out as ex-gay, announcing that he would like to help rehabilitate what the media calls conversion therapy over the next decade, according to a report. Um, the 36-year-old British politi uh, political commentator, whose speeches and writings often ridicule political cor correctness, social justice, feminism, declared himself no longer gay and sodomy-free. Well done, Milo. Uh, he told LifeSite in an interview, uh, Yiannopoulos, who once said that sex between 13-year-olds and older men can be life-affirming, <laughs> told the outlet that he's now leading a daily uh, consecration online to St. Joseph. Oh, very, very good. Uh, that whole thing about the, the, you know, young boys and men and stuff like that, sometimes, you know, you're talking about stuff and you're just thinking through things and you're thinking about people's psychology and, you know, what, what things mean and stuff like that. And that I, I listened to that whole conversation that he had about the, uh, you know, young boys and being gay and all that kind of thing. And that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like he was thinking through some ideas that he hadn't really fleshed out uh, independently. And that was why he had, you know, he said some things that were maybe uh, thought of as as horrible and whatever. But I don't think uh, Milo is a bad guy. I don't think he should have been, his life should have been... Uh, uh, turned upside down as it was. He shouldn't have been banned from all the various platforms he was banned from. I think Milo Yiannopoulos is a force to be reckoned with. I, I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, there's always a danger in saying that you think somebody's great, right? There's always a danger. He could turn out to be a mass murderer, and then you have to say, oh, crap, I really misjudged that one. But uh, but I, I don't think so with Milo. You know, he has his obvious flaws, but uh, but I've always liked what he had to say. He's very intelligent. He's very well informed on things. Um, I mean, I, I would actually go so far as to say he's got, you know, either close to or, or surpassing genius level intelligence. 
And so talking to him about things I think is is very helpful and listening to him debate people is very helpful. And if more people listen to, to Milo Yiannopoulos, I think we would be uh, a better planet for it. Let's see here. Uh, when I when I used to uh, kid that I only became gay to torment my mother, I wasn't entirely joking, he said. Of course, I was never wholly uh, at home in the gay lifestyle, who is, who could be, and uh, only leaned heavily into it in public because it drove liberals crazy to see a handsome, charismatic, intelligent gay man riotously celebrating conservative principles. Handsome? Come on, Milo. No, he's a pretty handsome guy. I'm kidding. Yiannopoulos uh, uh, continued... Uh, that's not to say I don't throw myself enthusiastically into g degeneracy of all kinds in my private life. I suppose I felt that's all I deserved. Um, yeah, no, but that's the thing. There is a kind of theory. Okay, I'm not going to pretend that this is a theory that's out there in the public that people are talking about all the time. Th this is really more my theory. But it's a theory based on stuff that I've, I've read about uh, that seems to indicate that there is, if not... Um, If not a, a majority of gay men, there is at least a, a contingent of gay men, a certain subset of gay men, who are gay because they hate themselves, right? And I had always kind of suspected this amongst certain men that I had met, right? Um, certain, certain, people, certain people you meet in life and you think, good lord, this person just hates the world, right? There are people who feel like they've, got a, uh, they've been dealt a, a bad hand and they lash out and they hate everybody. There's also people who think they, they've been dealt a bad hand or they've they they're they're not a great they don't they hate themselves and so they inflict punishment on themselves. And I first started thinking about this when when I heard about cutting. I don't know if you guys know about cutting. This is something that's popular when I was younger. Uh, certain kids that were depressed or had mental problems, they would they would cut themselves with like glass or or different different things and they would make themselves bleed and so you would sometimes meet people and they would have scars all along their arms where they would have cut themselves. Oh no, I've got the heater has come on suddenly. I got to turn that off. Um but yeah, but I realized that there are certain people who do and it's not just suicide, right? There's all kinds of physical harm that you could do to yourself if you if you hate yourself or you have some kind of an issue where you you know, you're you're sad or you're depressed or something like that. And then I read about these people called uh, um, bug chasers. Bug chasers. And th this is a phenomenon that happened in, I believe, San Francisco that I read about. And these gay men would go to, to gay brothels and they would seek out the most gaunt... This is like in the 90s or early 2000s. Go and seek out the, the sickliest looking men and they'd try to sleep with them in order to catch AIDS. And the reason... <laughs> catch HIV. And the reason they would do this is because there was they, they recognized that people who had AIDS uh, were were sort of like uh, what would you call it like uh, you know they, they they were victims right they were victims they were seen as victims they were they were sort of coddled by society so certain people who felt that they needed to be loved or needed attention or whatever it was they would actually try to catch AIDS so that they could get more attention. That's that's how like messed up our culture uh, had become, you know. Even at that time, um, I, I think it's now shifted toward being trans. I think trans is the new popular way of being a victim, so that's that's more popular now. But uh, but that's kind of what Milo's saying here. Milo Yiannopoulos is saying that, um, you know, he he felt that he only deserved this kind of uh, uh, 
you know, he, he was being a bit, he was being a bit self-destructive. Is like he, to some degree, didn't like himself or something like that, and so he was being self-destructive. That's what, how I read this. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys read it differently. But th this line, to me, is very telling. I suppose I felt that's all I deserved. Uh, and, you know, pe people like that are sometimes attention-seeking as well, and, and I don't think Milo Yiannopoulos would deny that he's a t an attention-seeking gentleman. <laughs> um, he says, I'd love to say it was all an act, and I've been straight this whole time, but even I don't have that kind of commitment to performance art. Talk about method acting. Um, asked about how he decided to become sodomy-free, Yiannopoulos said, four years ago... I gave an interview to America Magazine, where they declined, that they, which they declined to print. It's taken me a long time to live up to the claims I made in that interview, but I'm finally going to do it. Anyone who read me closely over the past decade must surely have seen this coming. I wasn't shy about dropping hints. In my New York Times bestselling book, Dangerous, I heavily hinted, which I own actually, but I haven't read yet. Um, I heavily hinted I might be coming out as straight in the future, he said. And in my recent stream of consciousness uh, telegram feed, in my recent stream of consciousness telegram feed, I've been even more explicit, stomach-churningly so, if the comments under my X days without sodomy posts are anything to go by. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting that he talks about conversion therapy here. Um, let me see where he, he talks about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, as for the changed movement, I guess... Uh, I guess because they're California, they don't see how funny it is their website. Okay, I don't know what that, that means. Um, let's see. Asked whether uh, he could now add his picture to theirs. What? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead too much, I think. LifeSite reminded Yiannopoulos about his post on social media site Parlor of members of the Change Movement while, uh, with the caption, Look at these beautiful souls, rid of their demons and cured of the sinful urges. Can you, uh, can you tell they've been saved? I can. Uh, asked whether he could now add his picture to theirs, he said, "No, I, I don't suppose I'll I'll ever be brave enough to declare, uh, to declare it a thing of the past. I treat it like an addiction. You never stop being an alcoholic." As for the change movement, I guess because they're Californian, uh, they don't see how funny their website is, or maybe they're dirty non-doms who who think non-doms. I kind of figured out what that was. I didn't really. I've never heard them before. All right, who think God loves you more the gayer you act? But I was slightly making fun of them with the, with that caption. He said, uh, someone really ought to tell them to use more heterosexual-looking photos on their website. I can share some tips. My followers have been giving me a crash course on all-American straight guy aesthetics, which apparently include growing a mullet and learning to drive a stick shift. Um, okay, so Yiannopoulos added, okay, this is the bit that I wanted to read. Over the next decade, I would like to help rehabilitate what the media calls conversion therapy. It does work, albeit not for everybody. As for my other aspirations and plans, well... Well, no change. I've always considered abortion to be preeminent, uh, a preeminent moral horror of human history. I'll keep saying so even more loudly than before, etc., etc., etc. Okay. Oh, this is kind of funny. Uh, as far as his personal life, Yiannopoulos said of his husband, the guy I live with has been demoted to housemate, which hasn't been easy, easy for either of us. It, it helps that I can still just about afford to keep him in Givenchy and, and a new Porsche every year. It could be worse for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, well, okay. But this conversion therapy thing. So I've actually seen quite a few videos on conversion therapy because they were claiming that Mike Pence was uh, promoted conversion therapy, which he doesn't. Um, but I, I wanted to see if conversion therapy was something that 
was was something that was genuinely dangerous for people because that's how it's portrayed in the media, right? That's what it's portrayed in the media. That's how it's portrayed in the news. Conversion therapy is dangerous. It's evil. It's horrible. And so I wanted to see if that was true or if that was just, you know, some kind of leftist nonsense. So I started looking into it. And there are lots of stories of people who went into some kind of conversion therapy type thing and they came out way better for it. They, they always kind of say that they, they, they still feel some kind of like compulsion to do these these sorts of you know uh, aberrant sexual behavior but they say that they get it under control and they live a much happier life uh, a lot of people a lot of people and then occasionally you have these people who come out and they tell these horror stories about how horrible it was for them uh and, and how terrible and I, I suppose it's possible that there were occasionally some kind of conversion therapy groups oh hello aston oh now that valeria's not here you want to be on camera um some kind of conversion therapy things that were, you know, maybe damaged people a bit psychologically or something like that. Uh, I can imagine that that's possible. But obviously, Aston, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Aston. Aston. Aston, come on. Oh, here we go. You can hang out here, but don't don't go over there, right? Um you know the people who are who are starting these conversion therapy things they're not sitting there thinking how do we ruin somebody's life how do we damage this person psychologically and i imagine there were tons of these kind of organizations before it was so so demonized by the left and you know who knows how many of them worked really really well and how many of them were a, a bit harmful to people and how many of them were kind of benign uh, and neutral maybe they didn't do any uh, good maybe they didn't do any bad but the problem was saying oh you know this one did something you know hurt me psychologically which may by by the way might have been a lie a lot of these people that came out of conversion therapy they may have come out and just didn't like it and so they made up all this stuff about how they were psychologically damaged my guess is that that's probably what happened right my guess is that some of these conversion therapies helped people some of them were benign and then some of them you know some of the people didn't like it so they demonized them said they were horrible and evil and this became a trend in the media to talk about how conversion therapy was so awful and just traumatized people. It was just the, the worst thing in the world. And so every kind of conversion therapy was demonized as bad. But the thing is, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like any kind of scientific um, uh, pursuit. You got to try a bunch of experiments and find out the ones that work and then get rid of the ones that don't, you know, you know, find out the techniques that work. And so that, I think, is the, you know was what was lost when the media went out and they just basically said all conversion therapy is bad. So I'm glad that, that uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, you know, says that it, it does work, it can work. And, you know, it shouldn't be something that we just, uh, that we just hate on all the time. That's been a position I've had for a very long time. Um, because I do see that, that some people come out and they say that it worked for them. And, and uh, I think that's great. Uh, you know, if, if you're gay, not because you're born that way, which is what the media always says, oh, it's, everybody's born that way, which I don't think is true at all. Um, if you're not born that way and you're just acting that way because of some kind of compulsion, maybe a mental illness, maybe some other um, trauma in your life, something like that, and maybe you're being self-destructive like Milo seems to, to be, um, then certainly some kind of therapy would, would indeed help you. And people should encourage that, right? The left's always talking about how we need to stop, um, we need to, to make uh, mental health something that we can all talk about uh, freely and we shouldn't be ashamed of it and that sort of thing. And yet they pretend that there's no possibility that any gay person or any trans person could, could ever be suffering from mental illness. And that's why they're acting out in the way that they are, um, which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous. So uh, 
anyway, that's it for that story. Milo Yiannopoulos is now straight-ish. And uh, I love the guy. I think he's great. So let's move on to the next story, shall we? Okay, next story. Every celebrity to defend Piers Morgan amid Meghan Markle scandal. All right, so this story, this story kind of um, continues along the the path uh, of the the Meghan Markle interview, which I know you guys probably don't love hearing about. But Valeria's not here, so we won't be <laughs> Aston. What are you doing, buddy? Uh, so we won't be focusing on this for a, another hour and a half, like we usually do when she's around. <laughs> but uh, but I w I do want to say a couple of things. So Pierce Morgan was fired. This is, of course, ridiculous. Just to recap, what he said was that he didn't believe her when she said she was suicidal whilst she was a princess living, you know, in palaces and, and all that kind of stuff and flying private jets and all whatever it is that she wanted to do. No, 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 no. You are not going in front of the camera. Hey, little buddy. How are you? Nope, nope. You can't go that way. Can't go that way. Yep, you can go that way. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so, so he says, oh, I didn't believe her that she was, that she was suicidal. He said, in fact, I wouldn't believe her if she read the weather report, right? And then he got fired. He got fired from his job, or he, he quit. He supposedly quit. Um, okay, so, but now here's the thing, right? This is a, this is an absurd, this is an absurd thing for him to get fired. It says here, Piers Morgan has been, uh, supported following his departure from Good Morning Britain because of his firing, his quitting, um, by several high-profile names, all rallying behind the controversial presenter. Sharon Osbourne, who's a noted leftist, um, tweeted to say that she stands with Piers following the high-profile exit. Piers, I'm with you. I stand by you. Um, probably sounded more something like, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> uh, people forget that you're paid for your opinion and just speaking your truth. I hate that concept, your truth. There's no your truth, right? There's the truth. You know, it's not his truth. It's just his perspective. Like, it's what he believes. Um, the host of the talk tweeted, another television personality, Jake Tapper of CNN. Jake Tapper of CNN suddenly believes in free speech, guys. This is am amazing. Oh. All right, let's see here. So, Tapper wrote on Twitter on Tuesday, governments should have no role in policing news broadcasts. What what the hell is going on with the world? It took it took Piers Morgan to finally get some of these leftists to see the light? That's amazing to me. All right, so here's the problem that I have with this. And it is a pretty an annoying problem. Um Gina Carano was fired from The Mandalorian uh, recently. I love the Mandalorian. I, I still love the Mandalorian, but what? Like Gina Carano was a great character. She was beloved by fans. She was somebody that everybody thought, "Oh, that's a great character. That's a, f a strong female character." I mean, exactly what Kathleen Kennedy wanted. Exactly what Star Wars wanted. And she tr she tweeted that in you know some kind of meme about how in Germany in the 1930s the government encouraged people to hate Jewish people. And so a lot of Germans turned against Jewish people. This is even before the Holocaust and any of that kind of stuff. So, and she's saying, I can see the same things happening now. This is not what she said. She's just posting this meme. But, like, basically the same things are happening now. You have all these people turning against conservatives for their political views. And the meme essentially just says that you shouldn't, you shouldn't hate people for their political views in the same way that you shouldn't hate people for their religious views and that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. It's, it's bigotry and it leads to terrible things. 
And so I, I don't really understand why Gina Carano is fired over that, but they're, they're, obviously somebody misconstrued this and, and, and it went all over Twitter and they said, oh, look, Gina Carano is saying that conservatives are treated just as badly as Jews in the Holocaust. This is outrageous. And then, and then Disney came out with a statement that said, oh, uh, Gina Carano is saying stuff that um, uh, denigrates people's faiths and their and their uh, ethnicities and stuff like that, which was a total lie. I mean, th- you couldn't e- have even misinterpreted the meme that way. I don't even really understand what the hell they were saying. But everybody recognized that this was a disaster, right? That this was... The firing of Gina Carano was utterly unfair, utterly unjust, and clearly they just did it because they don't like conservatives and they didn't want a conservative on their show. Um, and so they got rid of her. Rid of her. Uh, but did J- Jake Tapper step in for that? Did Jake Tapper step in for that? No, he didn't. Because Pierce Morgan, despite having a few conservative views here and, here and there, he is a, a leftist, right? If he's living in America, he would be a Democrat. If he's in the UK, he'd be Labour. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty, you know, what what I guess you would call a, a in in so in like the the nineteen nineties, you would say he was a kind of like a mainstream leftist, a mainstream Democrat. Now, a mainstream leftist is so freaking far gone that he's they're they're further left than Piers Morgan. So Piers Morgan, sort of maintaining the positions of the mainstream left from the like the nineteen nineties. Stop screaming. Um. He's now considered like right wing, I guess, by by mainstream leftists today, and so he. Oh my god! I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know how to kill the cat from here, guys. You may just have to listen to a meow. Um, and, but but those who know him and those who kind of know what's going on, they know that he's actually a leftist. So, ending his career over his statement that he doesn't believe something that Meghan Markle says is obviously insane. It's obviously insane, and so that, and that, so now you have these people. Oh, sorry, wrong thing. There we go. So now you have these people like, like Jake Tapper, like Sharon Osbourne, coming to his defense, saying, you know, what the hell are you doing? I'm um, obviously Megan. Come on. Um, obviously, Megan Kelly comes to his defense as well. She should, but like, and there's some other people. Uh, Gary uh, Lineker, who I guess is a, a, a soccer player. Um, but there's several people. There's several people that have come to his defense. That I, you know, why didn't you guys come to the defense of Gina Carano? Why aren't you coming to the defense of other people who are getting canceled um, inappropriately? It's just Piers Morgan because he's he's a Democrat, which I think is awful. Um, Megan Kelly aside, of course, she probably defended Gina Carano. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I think that that kind of hypocrisy is uh, disgusting, problematic, and you know, I obviously you guys. You guys know what I'm talking about here. All right, so let's move on to the next story, shall we? What do we got here? Oh, uh, yes. Okay, so this is this is the Nancy Pelosi shimmy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter or not. This was this is weird. Okay, I I, I do not like Nancy Pelosi. I, I think she's a criminal. I think she's corrupt. I think she's horrible. Uh, this is a story on Fox News. Now, here, here's the thing, right? I don't know if you guys you guys saw this thing where she was um, saying uh, it's no longer open sesame, it's open Biden. I love that open Biden. He 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 he. I mean, it was like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Crazy cat. Anyway, so Nancy Pelosi, 
I think she she might be like I don't know what what her deal is. She just I guess she's like giddy with power now. That's, what are you doing? She's giddy with power now. She's like losing her mind. I don't know. Good morning, Sunday morning. So, um, so, so right after she passed this bill, she she passed this bill, which, uh, by the way, is mostly just stealing from the American people. A, a small percentage of it is coming back as COVID relief, but calling this a COVID bill is ridiculous because the vast majority of it of the money is just going to Democrat special interest projects and going to Democrat special interest projects and, you know, paying, basically paying off people who she likes and who helped her uh, in the previous election and stuff like that. But let's let's have a look now at the shimmy. The shimmy, to me, is the funniest thing. This is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Hold on. The nays are 220. The nays are 211. The motion is adopted. On this. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? That was that's weird. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. Let me watch that again. That's that's so weird. She just kind of goes woo. <laughs> like I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I don't know. The woman's like losing her mind. Anyway, we all know that the COVID relief bill isn't a COVID relief bill. It's just stealing from the American people. And she's dancing about it. She's dancing uh, her little weird old lady dance uh, after having stolen money from the American people. What a horrible witch. Honestly, that woman is... Uh, I want to make a joke, but I I'm saving it for the cartoon. I'm trying to do this cartoon. I'm saving it for the cartoon, but man... I got some good jokes on that one. All right, let's move on to the next story, shall we? Oh, this is... <laughs> I love this one, guys. I love this one. All right. So the guitarist from Mumford & Sons, banjo player, he's taking time away from the band. And he's apologized. And I'm not kidding. This is... <laughs> because he liked Andy No's new book, Criticizing Antifa. Right? Andy No has a book. I, you guys all probably know who Andy Noe is. What's the name of the book? Let's see here. Well, let me just read the story. I, this is hilarious. Hilarious. I'm so sorry I said that. I liked Andy Noe's book. I'm so sorry, guys. I'll take time away from the band. Just please don't, please don't cancel me. <laughs> like, grow some balls, Mumford and Son banjo player. I mean, I guess we shouldn't expect much from a Mumford and Sons banjo player. I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've never heard a Mumford and Sons song. Maybe I have, like in in a store or something and they were playing it. But I, I don't I couldn't tell you what they what they play. I think it's it's like folk rock or something, right? But I don't yeah, folk rock is what it says here. But I don't um I've never actually listened to them, so I can't tell you really much about them. They may be amazing. I don't know. Um but just by his hair, I'm guessing that he's a little bit of a beta. Maybe well, let's read this. Winston Marshall, the banjo player for British uh, folk rock, I was right, uh, folk rock band Mumford & Sons, is taking time away from the group following social media backlash regarding a tweet that, uh, in which he praised right-winger, right-wing right, right, right writer <laughs> Andy No. Uh, in the since-deleted tweet posted over the weekend, Marshall, who is British, congratulated No on publishing his most recent book, Unmasked. Okay, the book's called Unmasked. 
apparently it's very good. You should probably all buy it. Um, I haven't bought it yet. Um, I don't know Andy No, but I do know people who know Andy No, and they've had some fun experiences with Andy up in Portland, uh, which is funny. I should know Andy No because I, I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm from Oregon. Um, the funny thing about it is they call him. Let's see, what do they call him here? Right wing writer Andy No. But the thing is, Andy No is not a right wing writer. This is this is actually not true. Um, a lot of a lot of leftists get this wrong, and I don't think that they're doing it on purpose. I don't. I just don't think they understand. Aston, shut up! What the hell's wrong with you? I'm doing a show here. Can't you see? Come on, man. Come on, man. He's just staring at me. You guys should see him. It's hilarious. Um, all right, so. Uh, <laughs> He's not a he's not a right wing writer. The the guy, he's uh I think he's from Vietnam or his parents are from Vietnam, and he's he's very gay. He's a gay child of immigrants. He's like exactly what the left says that they're trying to protect, but he just recognizes and he he's a he's a leftist. I mean he's a Democrat as far as I'm aware, but he just recognized early on when he was doing some reporting in Portland that Antifa is pretty dangerous. Let's get into it. He starts reporting on them honestly. And then he becomes the arch nemesis of Antifa. They hate him. And so they start attacking him. You know, you guys probably have all seen him get physically attacked by um, by Antifa. And so now he's considered by, by the mainstream media to be a right-wing writer, which is very difficult to say, by the way. Um, and it's just not true. It's just not true. It's just how he's been. It's sort of like Trump, right? Trump ran, I would say, as a moderate with a lot of left-leaning views. Um, but the left, the left went after him so hard because he was running as a Republican that he just was like, "Screw you guys! I'm just going to become a total, you know, far right guy." You know, and he just started saying things that people on the right liked because we embraced him and he appreciated that. And so I think the, I think the left actually, the left wing media actually made Trump far more right wing than he would have been uh, as president had they not attacked him so viciously. And the same thing with Andy No. I think Andy No has probably become far more conservative since being attacked by the left. Because once you're attacked by the left, you know how evil the left actually is. Um, even if you still retain some of their views on principle, you're not going to be a leftist, I don't, I don't think. But anyway, let's see here. Um, he congratulated No on, on publishing his most recent book, Unmasked, which looks at Antifa's radical plan to destroy America. Uh, finally had time to read your important book. You're a brave man, Marshall wrote. Uh, in a statement posted to his Twitter account Tuesday night, Marshall apologized. This is so crazy. Apologized for the tweet and announced that he will be taking a leave of absence from the ban. So the reason I did this is because I actually saw this tweet uh, reposted. Aston, come on, man. I, so I, I, didn't put him in the, um, I didn't put him in the bathroom, lock him away, which I should have done, which I could do, but I wish, I wish Valeria was here. She can do that kind of stuff for me. Uh... Say, let's not distract us with this random woman down at the bottom. So, anyway, so this is the tweet here. Let's see if we can just open that up. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, uh, over the past few days, you guys see this? Yeah. Over the past few days, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. <laughs> you criticized Antifa, you horrible person. I have, uh, I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. And for that, I'm truly sorry. As a result of my actions, I am taking time away, away from the band, to examine my blind spots. <laughs> I think he's going to come back like a hardcore Republican. Well, he's British, so a, a Tory or whatever, conservative party. Maybe he'll become a, a Brexit party 
guy. I don't know who knows, but uh, yeah, after this, he's definitely going to recognize that uh, the left is crazy. For now, please know that I realized how my endorsement, my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of, of hateful, div divisive behavior. I apologize, as this was not my intention, not at all my intention. Okay, it is not. Look, that book is, does not approve of hateful, divisive behavior. You know, Antifa is a hateful, divisive organization. Hold on, I think I have something else here. And Coulter, this is great. And Coulter, uh, not drugs, child porn, or wife beating. He's stepping away from the band because he likes Andy Noe's book, Unmasked. <laughs> and then she puts a link to it. Uh, get it here, Unmasked, inside. I should I should do that, actually, because I posted about this as well. And I, I, I said exactly what Ann Coulter did. I said, this is ridiculous that this guy is stepping away because he liked a book. Let me see my... Let me see my tweets here somewhere. Let's see here. Yeah, here he is. The guitarist of Mumford & Sons. Uh, he's apologizing. This is the guitarist from Mumford & Sons. He's apologizing for reading Andy Noe's book about Antifa. Never say you like a book criticizing Antifa or you're not allowed to be a rock star or folk star. I'm not sure what Mumford & Sons is actually. It sounds like a 70s TV show. Um, yeah, so that's my tweet on that. Uh, which I thought was mildly amusing. But anyway, yeah. Poor guy from Mumford & Sons reads a book, says, oh, this is a good book, and everybody goes, what are you talking about? This is evil. <laughs> he criticized Antifa. Look, Antifa are terrorists. I'm sorry. They're terrorists, all right? If you criticize Antifa, you shouldn't lose your rock star status, you know, be kicked out of the band or whatever is going on with this guy because you say, you, you say oh, I read a book that says Antifa is a terrorist organization. Oh, that's, that's terrible. That's How could you read such things? They are a terrorist organization. Like, people are crazy, man. I, I was talking to my brother about this today, and, like, you know, all these celebrities, they have trans kids now. They have these, like, little boys are dressing up as little girls. Little girls are dressing up as little boys. And we're sitting here, and we're thinking, like, how does this happen in society where people get tricked into believing this crap? You know, they're tricked into believing that Antifa are the good guys, that being trans is, like, perfectly fine. Um, and we're talking about how there's equivalence in Nazi Germany. And how, you know, back then, in those days, you did have Germans who were sort of conditioned to think that you know, Jewish people were the problem and all this kind of stuff. But also, we, we, we recognize that, like, well, most Germans actually didn't know what was going on with the Jews exactly. They didn't actually know there was this genocide going on. And so, th that's actually more forgivable. <laughs> the, the whole situation in Nazi Germany, where... You know, we think, oh, Germans were all tricked into thinking that it was okay to for genocide. Well, most Germans didn't know about that. So actually, the the, the views of the regular Germans supporting the Nazi party back then, in, in the 1930s and, and eventually in the 40s, th that's actually far more forgivable than being fooled into believing that being trans is actually, like, not crazy, or thinking that uh, Antifa are the good guys. I mean... Or communism. People think communism is a good idea now. <laughs> I mean, how gullible are Americans? And these and these people in Hollywood, with all this money and all this power, like you can't figure out that this, you know, what the what reality is. I mean, it, it is bizarre, right? I guess like if you make enough money and, uh, you know, you're removed enough from the rest of society, you do lose your sort of sense of reality, I guess, in a way. I guess that's really the problem. All right, moving on to the next story. What have we got here? Um, Slate ignores consequences of youth gender transition, and they claim that any concerns of youth gender transition are rooted in eugenics. 
<laughs> okay, eugenics, if you guys don't know. Eugenics is this idea that, well, we need to prune off um, the, the less healthy humans so that only the best genes move forward. And this is actually an idea that is embraced by some some people you wouldn't expect, like like super high IQ people. A lot of them, a lot of scientists think eugenics is a good idea. Well, let's just kill off anybody who is crippled or has like super low IQ so that humanity can evolve faster and become smarter and smarter and become more and more athletic until we have this point where everybody is super healthy and super um, smart. Uh, so that's what eugenics is, uh, killing off the, the unwanted people. Um, you know what is based in eugenics, which is interesting? Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, the concept of having abortions. Um, the, the woman who started that, Margaret Sanger, she was a big eugenicist. She liked the idea of rooting out uh, the poor. She's like, poor people shouldn't be, be having children because they're obviously the weakest people in society. Um, and there was a lot of there's a lot of idea behind killing off a lot black people, right? Um, having Planned Parenthood be put in black neighborhoods so that black children are killed off, and uh, that's basically what's happened. I mean, if you can, if you plot out where all the Planned Parenthoods are, they're they're all, most of them are like in black neighborhoods. A huge majority of them are in black neighborhoods, and uh, you can look that stuff up. It's crazy. It's it's basically genocide of Black Americans. Mental. Um, so yeah, Planned Parenthood not a great thing. Abortion not a great thing. Let's move on. So Slate ignores consequences of youth gender transition claims concerns are rooted in eugenics, which is like, oh my gosh. Every time the left accuses us of anything, you know, it's, it's exactly what they're doing. So here we go. As politicians and social activists continue to fuse American politics with transgender activism, concerns regarding the harmful impact of their ideology are often dismissed. Last week, a Slate article referred to a series of state-level bills looking to preserve children's biological integrity as as a, quote, wave of anti-transgender legislation rooted in the concept of eugenics. It's I'm so crazy. I don't even understand that. The purpose of the bill is to prevent female athletes from having to compete against men who identify as women. Makes sense. And to protect children from experimental transgender therapies. Totally makes sense. Still, Slate insisted that the anti-trans campaigners are trying to ban undesirable people from society by suppressing and punishing those people as early as possible. Yeah, but we're not killing them. Do they understand what trans, what uh, eugenics means? Uh, this should sound very familiar to the goals of the eugenics movement, which uh, seek to encourage the right uh, the right people to reproduce while discouraging the wrong sort of people from contaminating others with their inferior genes. While the outlet may believe that it's standing up for marginalized the, a marginalized group, the article ignored the potential consequences for teaching children to deny biological realities. Yeah, I mean, okay, how. How is it eugenics if you're trying to keep women women and men men? Because if you if you embrace the ideas of of like being trans, right, um, then you're gonna you're gonna potentially mess up people's ability to reproduce. I mean, if you're cutting people's penises off, I don't know how they're gonna inseminate a woman. <laughs> I suppose there are ways. <laughs> uh, sorry, this is getting kind of dark. But uh, okay, look. Okay, here's something that's interesting. I was reading about God, who it was. It wasn't Carl Sagan. It was um, it was that other guy. It was a sci-fi writer. Sci-fi writer. You know what? Let me look at my Twitter because I wrote about him on Twitter recently. I think I think this is the right guy. Um, but he's a, he was a science writer, very smart, uh, very intelligent scientist. Oh, scientist. 
science-minded guy. He wasn't really a scientist. He was a, he was a science fiction author. Let me find it. Let me find it. Come on, guys. Give me a second. Here we go. Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. I think this is the guy. Isaac Asimov. And Isaac Asimov believed, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, that homosexuality was a good thing <laughs> because it it progressed eugenics, right? It, it, it helped with population control, right? Well, that was his idea. And so this idea that the LGBT thing is actually is actually somehow good for procreation is completely insane. If you think that you are a woman trapped in a man's body, uh, uh, and and you know conservatives are saying no, you're you're actually just a confused guy, and you're like a, a nine year old kid or something, and you stop that kid from transitioning into a woman, you're actually protecting that that kid's reproductive ability. So. Because okay, this is pretty gross, but let me let me just point out that uh, it's not only the penis that sometimes gets removed; it is sometimes the testicles. I'm guessing. And then, how would you have kids? I mean, are they like? Uh, anyway, I I don't really know the details of how all that works, so I can't I can't tell you if people who transition still are able to have children. But I gotta I gotta imagine it's harder. <laughs> At least it's harder. So we're actually fighting against eugenics and you're you guys are actually kind of fighting for eugenics incidentally i don't think eugenics is the point of fighting for trans rights but i do think that it is a an unintentional an unintentional consequence unintentional an unintended consequence and you know what's funny i'm actually really good today <laughs> like I'm, my brain's good like i feel good like everything's good and i'm still messing up all right guys the least professional show on youtube oh i forgot the I forgot the intro. Are we ready for the intro, guys? Toxic masculinity. That's right. It is toxic masculinity. Sorry I didn't put that in earlier. All right. Well, I think I'm done with this story, actually. Um, I'm just absolutely disgusted with Slate. Basically, this is just another uh, uh, article that indicates that leftists are crazy. All right. Moving on. Moving on to the next story. Let's see here. Oh, is that all? Is that all the stories? Guys! We're done with the news. People who are done with the news, you can go. And for the rest of you, I'd love to hear your comments and your questions and any ideas you have about the world. Let's see here. Paul Thiessen writes, 14% of childbearing women are black, but they have 36% of abortions. Oof. That is a brutal statistic and a very good point. Uh, let's see here. Um, Mark in Alberta says, follow the science. The science says stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's see. A lot of you guys are talking amongst each other. They're talking about Blair White. Uh, yeah, I like Blair White. Uh, I like his ideas about um, you know various things, but uh, but I don't believe Blair is is a woman. I, I think Blair is a, a dude, and uh, I think Blair and I would disagree about that. But let's see here. Potato Joe's Velcro Shoes wrote, You know how you can tell Blair is a man? He turned a mental illness into a lucrative business. <laughs> Potato Joe is spot on. Let's see here. Yeah, you guys like... It's, it's nice. This is a nice place. I, I'm glad that I've created a show in which people feel comfortable chatting with each other. You know, we're kind of creating a little bit of a community here. And I love that. And we are growing the, the channel. Uh, it's not 
as big as I would like it. But uh, you know, today actually quite a few, um, a lot fewer playbacks. Do do we have some live chats that I missed? Let's see here. Sam Sneed writes the cat hates leftists too. That's true. Frank James writes that cat is a Democrat arguing with everything you say. <laughs> he went away. I don't know what he, what happened to him, but um, you know we're good now. We're good. Let's let's see here. Run Heat gave me five bucks for no reason. Just give me a thumbs up. Said good job. Thank you, man. And uh, and yeah, that's it for the super chats. But uh, I'll I'll go ahead and read some just regular conversation from you guys. Uh, Frank James writes, Blair is a dude from the middle down, I think. <laughs> uh, Blair does a pretty good job of looking like a woman and, and speaking like a woman. His videos are actually pretty convincing. Now, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about uh, like lighting and, and makeup and, and how you do that kind of stuff, but I'm sure without makeup and without the right lighting, he, he probably looks more like a dude. But uh, but he does, a, he does a great job. And the voice is like pretty spot on. It's, it's actually pretty eerie. I don't know how he does such a good job with that. Frank James writes, I enjoy the show very much. Well, thank you, James. Uh, William Merchant writes, uh, how are you marketing the channel? Well, I just, really all I do is I post uh, on my community board on my on my Mr. Reagan channel. That's really the only place that I've marketed it. Um, I've talked about it a little bit in, in my show. Um, what's really weird is I posted uh, um, like a link to... Toxic masculinity on on all of my shows so far on Mr. Reagan since I started this channel. And for whatever reason, people click on it and they go, it takes me to some Russian site, which I can't figure out how to fix that because when I click on it, it takes me to toxic masculinity. So if they're if it's taken them to some Russian site, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to do to fix it. Anyway. Let's see here. Uh Holly Burnside eighty three writes, Where's Valeria? I came in ten minutes late. If you already said you did a good job tonight. Well thank you, Holly Burnside. Uh yeah, Valeria is stuck at work today. So if you if you if you're wondering where Valeria is, she hasn't left me as far as I'm aware, but she has left me momentarily. So she's gone. <laughs> she's gone. But she she'll be back uh tomorrow. She'll be back tomorrow. Let's see here. Let's see. Mark and Alberta writes, What about Yaniv, the other famous she-male of Canada behind, uh, um, besides Trudeau. That's funny. Uh, I'll tell you what about Yaniv. A, a lot of people were writing me about that, uh, that person um, for, a, for quite a long time, and I never actually did the research into it. I never read the news stories. I never got into it, but it seemed like an interesting story. I wish I had. Um, maybe I'll do another episode about Yaniv, just to introduce everybody to it that hadn't, because it kind of went past me, and I because I think it was more of a Canadian thing, and Americans didn't hear about it. So maybe I'll do a video on Yaniv. In fact, I'm going to write that down. Oh yes, see this? I have a notepad on here where I write all my stories. It's called New Video Ideas, and I'll just go ahead and put it in here, Yaniv, because that seems like a relatively easy one to do, right? Okay, so I'll do that. I'll write revisiting Yaniv. Uh, Run Heat writes, how many beta men? Have you met that don't want to have kids because of climate change? <laughs> How have men become this weak and delusional? Now, I haven't actually met guys that won't have kids because of climate change, although I'm sure they're out there. You know, I I do live in California, but I'm because of the job that I do now. I tend to only to meet up with conservatives. I don't tend to run into a lot of leftists. In fact, a conservative just texted me from LA. Um, my friend Todd, but, um, like the other day I went to, uh, you know, it's really fascinating. I went to uh, a party 
This is a party that was set up by uh, a friend of mine named David. David is Indian. He, his family's from India. And another friend of mine helped, helped him to organize it. Uh, his name is Andrew. And Andrew is Japanese. <laughs> and so I get there, and uh, another friend of mine, uh, uh, Errol, is there. Errol Weber. You'll find him on Twitter. Great guy. And Errol's black. He's Jamaican. And so we've got an Indian guy, a Japanese guy, and a Jamaican guy. And, like, I would say of everybody there, there was only two other white guys, right? Um, there were some women. There were black people. There were Asians. There were Indians. Um, I met Mindy Kaling's brother, who's uh, who's famous for having pretended to be black to get into college and writing a book about it, which is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name's VJ. And uh, anyway, met a lot of cool people there, but... I, I didn't even really think much about the racial makeup of the plays um, until uh, until uh, Errol mentioned it to me. He was like, he's like, yeah, we're all Republicans, but there's like no white people here. <laughs> and it was such a contradiction, you know, in terms of like what the left perceives, you know, conservatives to be. And it's funny because I didn't even think about it until then because really we were there because of people's principles and because of people's people's ideas about politics and I, I love being a conservative. I love being a Republican. I, I love being somebody who, who who views people truly by the content of their character and not because of the color of their skin. I, I love that. I absolutely love that that we're on this this side. Um, Yankee the Rebel writes, random question, how do you define the word casualties? I, I, I don't understand what you mean. You can text me and, and explain. Because I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Don't write me on a signal. Just text me on a, a regular thing. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, casualties. Somebody, somebody, oh, are you are you asking everybody else? I don't know. Let's see. Binary recoil writes, no money for service. And with how com communist everything is getting on the internet, um, the internet is lacking now. You know, Vimeo dropped the Hodge twins yesterday, right? Really? I did not know that. Well, that should have been a story for me today. Flippin' Hodge twins are awesome. And they're black. What are they doing? That's oppression, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe the Hodge twins must have said something about trans people and, and Vimeo didn't like it. Mark Stewart writes, What dude is trolling? You are really reporting this as real. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. All right. Uh, let's see here. Frank James writes, Okay, well, you guys see, you guys are talking to each other, so I can't. <laughs> I'm not involved in these conversations. Let's see here. Let's see. Frank James writes, "I watched an info uh, infographics. Hope hope that's the right channel. Uh, infographics video. You can tell that they hated to admit that the Dems were on the side of slavery. Oh yeah, they they always want to pretend that." that uh, the, the, the party switched, right? That the Republicans, you know, that they used to be uh, anti-slavery, they used to be the abolitionist party, that the Democrats were, uh, the you know, the bad guys because they were all the racists. And then at one point in the 60s, they switched. Let me tell you, they they, they never switched. I'll tell you why. The, the, the Republicans always had this principle of, you know, treat people equally, treat treat people well, give give everybody the same kind of opportunities. Don't have slaves, stuff like that. Because it was well into like Jim Crow that the left was like all anti, anti-black and trying to oppress people and all that kind of stuff. 
But then you had the communists come in. This is really what happened. The Russians had tried to infiltrate America through the, you know, uh, through the academic system. You actually had a lot of German communists coming in through the academic system. But anyway, um, these university professors that were strong communists, they realized that the left was, that the Democrat Party was the party that was sort of closest to communism. And so they... Their idea was to convince young people to be communists and then to turn the left into the sort of communist party here in the United States, which they ended up succeeding in doing. But part of what they did is they, they wanted to split America also by race and they wanted to create race wars and they wanted to destroy America that way. Because their idea was if we can destroy America uh, through infighting, then people will be so um, suffering so much that they will demand a new kind of government, and that's when we'll swoop in and we'll raise up communism uh, in the rubble that, uh, in the destruction that's caused by all of this, uh, you know, ra ra you know, racial conflict and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they also want to create class conflict. Uh, communists want to create class conflict and racial conflict in America to destroy America because they think if they can destroy America, and in America is 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 everybody is suffering so much they'll embrace communism as a way to get out of that destruction. Unfortunately, the middle class was so robust in America for so long that people weren't going to have class conflict. It was gonna it was gonna be hard to encourage that. So they wanted to encourage race conflict instead, and so they they trained all of these young Marxists in the uh, in the academies and in, in the in the universities to be. Um, pro-black and anytime anything negative happened with black people they would rise up and they would try to uh, you know there would be this big outcry right um, you know you had people like Martin Luther King Jr. who you know was not a communist a lot of people say he was a communist um, but he there, there, I think there was a communist that was like a friend of his or worked with him somehow in some way but I don't think Martin Luther King Jr. was a communist himself he really just wanted equality for the races he was somebody that Republicans I think, um, respected more. Um, let's see here. Ashley writes, uh, I'll explain the casualties after the show, but I did post a good question for you, LOL. <laughs> well, sorry, I didn't catch it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Anyway, so, so yeah, so a lot of the racial strife that we have in America now is because of this communist infiltration to the university system um, and into our culture. The, the Scottsboro Boys, if you want to look up that case, that was heavily promoted by the la by communists, by straight up communists, admitted communists, and uh, and that was their that was their ploy to create race war in America, to destroy America that way. It's terrible. It's terrible. Mark and Alberta writes, uh, "Are they going to recall Cuomo before Newsom? How long does this process take?" Yeah, good, good. that's a great question. Yeah, Mark and Alberta is doing something smart. He's writing at toxic masculinity whenever he writes a question or a comment to me. So if you don't want to pay the two bucks, just write at toxic masculinity, and then you're and then my uh, thing will pop up in orange here, and I'll be able to see it. Andrew Beerwart, uh, okay. Andrew Beerwart writes, uh, Chris, hi. This is a brother of Holly from Louisiana. Well, hello, brother of Holly from Louisiana. Good to meet you. Uh, let's see here. Well, I, I think that's probably it for the day. I've, I've had quite a bit of fun. Let's see here. Uh, Potato Joe writes, you can be honest about the Russians, Chris. I think we know who 80% were. So I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really adhere for that, to, to that theory. 
uh, this is the theory that like Jews control everything and Jews are trying to destroy the country and all that kind of stuff. Are there Jewish people who are bad? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, there's black people who are bad. There's white people who are bad. There's Christians who are bad. There's Jewish people who are bad, of course. But uh, you know, I know several Jewish people. They're not bad people. Uh, are there some bad ones? Sure. But I, I don't think there's a cabal of Jewish people trying to destroy the world. You know, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I, it doesn't seem to be true uh, in my experience. But maybe I just haven't read enough books about the horrors of the Jews. But I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't grow up like that, right? I didn't grow up. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Jewish people being bad in some kind of coordinated way uh, at all. I do have a friend who's who's pretty critical of, of Jewish people in terms of their um in terms of their uh you know they're kind of insul in insulated they they kind of uh want to help each other you know because you know they they're the jewish people have had a kind of tough history as you know and so they'd rather help each other and they're a little bit maybe wary of outsiders um and uh she's highly critical of that she's jewish and she actually went to like whatever jewish seminary is where you you know you become a rabbi or whatever i guess women can do that now uh, and, uh, yeah, she, she came out of it very, very cynical and very critical of them. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's the most criticism I've ever heard from, from a Jewish person of, of Judaism. But I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything anti-Semitic. I don't have any problems with Jewish people. Let's see here. Yankee the rebel. Here's a question for you, Mr. Reagan. If you could change one thing to make America better and get us back on. Uh, on the right track, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. What is the one thing that I would change? Okay, well, I I think that if I could, if I had like a magic wand, and we're talking, we're getting into like the supernatural now. I I I wish I could make people less gullible in America. If we could somehow make people less gullible, a little bit more, a little bit more skeptical of the stuff that they hear. Uh, and not just believe whatever they hear on CNN. If if I could make if I could clarify how people perceive news and perceive what say is being told to them by Pelosi and stuff like that. Oh man, that would make the country so much better, so much better. But anyway, all right, that's it for me. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the questions. Uh, you guys did a. Uh, you guys were great. I, I love I love hearing your questions. I love talking to you guys. Um, Oh, hold on. There's one guy that wants a shout out because he's running. He's running for uh, Michigan House of Representatives. So I guess that's a state House of Representatives, right? It's a local race. So if you're in Michigan, look this guy up. His name is Joshua Mahay. Joshua Mahay, M-E-H-A-Y, right? He says, Mr. Reagan, I just found the new channel. I'm running for Michigan House of Representatives in 2022. I'm Republican, obviously. I would love to chat and see if I can get a shout out. Well, here's your shout out, Joshua Mahay. Um, you can go ahead and email me, uh, the Reaganesque conservative at gmail.com. You can figure out how to, how to email that. Uh, that's my email, the Reaganesque conservative at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, you can send me a, an, an email and talk to me. But anyway, uh, Joshua Mahay, M-E-H-A-Y. So if you live in Michigan, look him up, vote for him, try to support him if you can. And that is it for me. Oh, hold on. Well, one sort of hard one thing. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. All right, guys. You you guys have been awesome. I love seeing you. I love seeing you here. I love doing this show. And uh, I wish Valeria was here. She she always makes it a little bit more fun. Um, but she will be here tomorrow. So I will see you guys then. Okay.
Good night. Let me see if I can do 